The parallels between Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers are eerie, particularly to the man who helped Green Bay sign Aaron Rodgers to his original contract, who was in the front office when he was signed, who had to deal with all the drama between Aaron, between Brett Favre, and the organization. Andrew Brandt joins us for another in our Aaron Rodgers signature series that starts right now. You are locked on Packers. He's got great speed. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Christian Watson down the sideline. Locked on podcast now. And he will score. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for the leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. And come check us out over on Subtext, where I will literally text you. We will be able to chat. We will be able to talk. And I'm going to send all of our Subtext users unique, exclusive content right to your phone. All right, we have our conversation On a summer Friday, we mix it with an Aaron Rodgers signature series, and there is so much great insight here from Andrew Brandt. Some some stories he likes to tell that we've heard before. Maybe if you've you've listened to him, he's been on the show before. He's done interviews. He gets asked about the Aaron Rodgers draft stuff all the time because he is so eloquent talking about what that experience was like. But some new stories in there as well. So some really good stuff here from Andrew Brandt. Let's go. Joining me now, he is a former front office man, writer, podcaster, professor. He is everywhere. Uh, Andrew Brandt joins me now. And, and Andrew, it is it is great to be with you. Um, the summer is a great time to look back on this Aaron Rodgers era, really, that we had in Green Bay. And I wanted to talk to you for like 17 different reasons, not the least of which being his exit from Green Bay. We'll get to that part of it because you went through a very similar scenario with Brett Favre. But I know that that you've told the story of the Aaron Rodgers draft night and, and what that was like and the, the 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 roar that you heard at the, the draft party that year. Yeah. Take, take me back a little bit before that, though, because there is this idea that the Packers needed to be more transparent with Aaron Rodgers about the drafting of Jordan Love. How much did you know going into that night that that was going to be on the table, that that was going to be on the menu. Was that something that that you knew was going to be a possibility? Like, what was what was that going in? Yeah, I mean, first, good to be with you, Peter. I always enjoy your podcast. And I, as you, have a lot of Packer fans out there. And, you know, it's interesting because I do a lot of media that's kind of national media. And I always say this, like, when I do Packers, Half the audience is like, Andrew, you do too much Packers. And half the audience is Packer fans and say, Andrew, why don't you do more Packers? So uh, I love talking about the Packers. I'm always conscious of talking too much about the Packers, but then I realize that vast Packer nation can't get enough of it. And my newsletter and all, all the feedback I get is like more Packers. So anyway, here we are. Um, That to your question, I think, the the difference, of course, in the two in, 
Well, first of all, it as you mentioned, let's just spin it forward quickly. It was eerie. It was eerie to me, maybe more than anyone out there, that exactly what happened with the transition from from Brett to Aaron happened with Aaron to Jordan. Almost you couldn't even script it better because we had a quarterback in the bullpen for three years that we felt very strongly about. And we had a Hall of Fame player that was starting that was an icon and the face of the franchise. Fast forward 15 years later, Aaron Rodgers is the face of the franchise and the icon. They had a quarterback in the bullpen for three years that they felt very strongly about. And through different machinations, both players, of course, were traded to the Jets. But speaking specifically about that draft, and as you pointed out, I've talked about that draft story many times. We don't need to go through it. But leading up to the draft, I have to say, I kind of stay in my lane. We had an extensive scouting department with, as you know, Ted Thompson, John Dorsey, John Schneider, Reggie McKenzie, Elliot Wolf, and so many other great scouts, including a kid named Brian Gutekunst. And they identify the top picks, the second round, the third round, and the I believe the draft board, which everyone has sworn to secrecy about uh, leading up to the draft, had about 18 names, as I remember. And those are 18 names graded above a first round grade. Now, just so people know, you never go into the draft with 32 names up there. Some years it's 15, some years it's 22, some years it's 14, 13, but we had 18 that year. And that's pretty much it. I mean, we had those 18 players rated as first round grades. And again, part of the story I tell all the time is all those guys went quickly in the top, I don't know, 19, 20 picks, uh, except for one name that was sitting there. We wanted Demarcus Ware. We wanted Marcus Spears. We looked, we wanted Derek Johnson, all those guys gone, gone, gone. And then we get to that seminal moment, I'd say by pick, we had 24 by pick 2021, 20, 22. It was clear we were going to have this massive choice on the face, the future of the direction of the franchise. And, you know, without before we get to that exact pick, I think the the lead up to it was, you know, if you had to drill down into Ted Thompson's mind, was there's no way in hell we're going to be staring at Aaron Rodgers as the only name. I don't know if he anticipated that scenario. I don't know if any of us did, because people always ask, well, how high was Aaron? Was Aaron over or Alex Smith? Was it? I'm, I just get the feeling that we never anticipated that that problem, that opportunity. It was more like, yeah, we're going to take a defensive player. And then there were no defensive players. And of course, the discussion got into, are we going to dip into our second round grades to take a defensive player and ignore the player at the top and Ted Thompson's mantra, trust the board? The only input that I had, Peter, was, you know, when the coaches were going nuts about, you know, we can't have a guy what's not going to help us. And of course, that coaching staff was fired the next year. You know, I just said, listen, and I said it to no one in particular, but they were all around. And I said, listen, those guys, the scouts, collectively, have just spent this past six months traversing the country, and they came up with that name. I mean, it didn't fall the way we thought, but it, it's that name. 
So if we're going to dip into our second round, we're basically throwing up a big bird to our scouting staff. And we don't want that. We don't want to deflate what we think is the best scouting staff in the NFL. So that's the name. And that that's kind of the way it went. So part of the um, narrative around that pick was, and, and I think Aaron Rodgers has hinted at it over the years, that he felt like he would have been, he would have liked to have been in the loop. I think that his drafting is so unique, and he will tell you, is so unique because, like you said, it doesn't seem like they went into the draft going, we could get a quarterback. The Packers in 2020 did seem to be in a different place. They were being asked about it. What's the future of Aaron Rodgers, new coaching staff, all that stuff. And so if they went in going, yes, this is on the menu for us, how could, do you think, a front office deal with, let's call him a superstar quarterback who may want to be in the loop out of those things? Because I, I happen to believe that it wouldn't have mattered. He would have been pissed either way. But do you think there was a diplomatic way to have done a better job with communication here? I don't know while the stress and heat of the draft is going on, if there's a way. And again, I don't know what happened in 2020. I don't know if they, they were in January, February, March, April saying we're going to take a quarterback. If that's the case, you can sort of, you know, look at it retroactively and say they probably should have let them know if that was the plan. But as you get into the draft, and certainly in our case, you know, we didn't know what we we're going to do until minutes before. Um, that's tough. That's tough to sort of say, because the Packers traded up, they saw an opportunity with Jordan Love and they traded up, of course. I just don't know if you're in that heat of the moment. That's, you know, the moment for scouting staffs and general managers that you have that as a top priority to call the quarterback. Now, in the moments after, sure, you know, when when the dust settles a little bit and after, in my case, the booing from the fans and everything else, you know, but we, in our case, as I've talked about many times, Brett called the coach, Mike Sherman, right away, and then Brett's agent, Buss, called me right away, and there was this anger, what the hell's going on, and in more crude terms than that, um, but again, I I think owing is a, is a strong word. I do think discussion can happen after the pick. And listen, for three years, I dealt with it. I dealt with Brett, you know, various stages of this question, which is, Andrew, do you know what it's like to come into work every day and sit next to your replacement? And I'm sure Aaron in some way expressed that over those three years. It's not fun. You know, Aaron knew in that moment that was going to be his replacement. It just was a question of when, just as Brett knew. Now, in our case, what people don't remember sometimes is the whole Ron Wolf mantra. We used to draft quarterbacks all the time, right? We drafted, but we never drafted first-round quarterbacks. So we drafted Aaron Brooks and traded him. We drafted uh, my client, Matt Hasselbeck, and traded him. And that was kind of a thing we had going. But this was different because this was a quarterback that we really expected to replace him. More coming here from Andrew Brandt here on Locked on Packers in just a minute. 
Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming week, let's see who Vinny has picked out on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Looking to make a smooth turn in fantasy snake drafts. I know I am. With the last pick in the first round, and then you have that first pick in the second round, something I love to do, and Vinny is very much on board with, is double up at a position, especially if you can get premium guys. So why not target CeeDee Lamb and A.J. Brown? A letter-perfect guaranteed early fit. Count on Lamb driving Dak Prescott and Dallas's new game passing game to big numbers, and Brown revving up Jalen Hurts' downfield throwing against Philadelphia. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship with eBay Motors. They know a championship team is each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items apply and exclusions also apply. Thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen every day. Every day is next week. Training camp opens. We will be there every step of the way. Let's do this. So I know that there is this, um, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's fair to call it like a retconning of history, but there is a little bit of false memory about what Aaron Rodgers was early on, at least from my perspective. If you look at some of the early games, especially regular season action that he played in, it was not the prettiest. I think people feel like he came into the league, this full, you know, fully formed Aaron Rodgers destroyer of world's MVP. And that's not quite what happened was, do you remember early on that there being like, I don't know if this is like, feeling the pressure of that moment in the front office of we made this big bet. And so far we don't have a lot to show for it. Not really. I mean, I remember that first practice vividly where Ted Thompson's not the most expressive guy as everyone knows, but there was a, you know, in that first mini camp, Aaron rolled right and saw driver out of the left corner and just threw a dart on the run 60 yards. And I, somehow I caught locked eyes with Ted Thompson and he just had that look like we got the guy, you know, we got him. This is our guy. And every time we went to an owner, uh, I'm sorry, not an owner's a, a board meeting or executive committee meeting with our Packers shareholder board, you know, the question always came up, is he really the guy, you know, he, like someone would always ask, come on, you're, you're going to get one of these veterans after Brett to sort of bridge to Aaron, like Kerry Collins' name was always brought up, or uh, Chris Chandler, or Jeff Garcia, or all these guys. And, and Ted was steadfast, as I was, and others saying, no, it's him. He's the next. We just don't know when the next is. But 
he was certainly became a favorite of ours in the front office. He was a guy that sort of plopped down in Reggie McKenzie's office or my office or John Schneider's office. Um, and I've told this before, Donald Driver and James Jones and Greg Jennings coming up to our offices and saying, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, like this guy's the real deal. Uh, as we heard, uh, you know, the past six months about Jordan Love, you know, like people saying, oh, my God, this guy's the real deal. So the only I, I can't remember action, Peter, besides that Dallas game uh, in 2000. You, I was going to ask you about that. Can you take me inside? Like what? Because that was in Dallas. Yeah. So you do, you do you have a full traveling party there? Was there were you guys with some people at home watching in 1265? Like what was your experience watching that game? It was a weird stretch because we played in the Thanksgiving game at Detroit. And then we're home for a couple of days and then we're in a Thursday night game at Dallas. I think that was the first time they did that, where they involved the Thanksgiving teams into a uh, Thursday night game, which made for equal rest because Dallas played on Thanksgiving. Um, and yeah, it was also two teams. I think it was the the best record any two teams playing that late in the season had ever had in that situation. So this wasn't just Packers Cowboys in prime time. It was like Packers Cowboys in prime time, two teams that could go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, it, we were people don't remember. We were sort of shocking the world that year. Um, we were not picked to do well in 2007. And of course, we were a play away from the Super Bowl that year. But um, yeah, we don't have to say which play. <laughs> I think that we just came out of that game saying the same things I've been saying, like he's ready, you know, he's ready. And I'm not a decision maker. Ted's probably, you know, in his mind, like it's going to, going to decide later, but he was ready. We saw something in Dallas, like he can handle this. And as you said, the biggest stage imaginable, maybe the biggest stage of that NFL season right there. Um, and then we go into that offseason, you know, and again, I had left the team, but I uh, around the same time Brett did, but I got the same I got the same feeling that I think they gave Aaron this year, which is in past years, it was always begging Brett to come back. McCarthy making the trip to Mississippi, Ted going to Mississippi, not so much pleading, but just sort of saying you're coming back. Right. I think that year was more like, hey, Brett let us know you know let us know if you're coming back by free agency which started early march um it's a different feeling it was a different feeling and it wasn't saying go away but it was like let us know which is i think brett got the feeling like yeah i guess they kind of want me to go i don't know um and of course he retired and what a moment and and teary-eyed and everything else but as we all know that changed yeah, that that part is fascinating, and I, I'm glad you you brought it up because I did want to ask you. We we got this reporting, and and from the things, some of the things that I've heard, th there was definitely a feeling in the organization that, unlike Brett Favre in that 2007 season, where they have this resurgent year, you go 13 and three, you're you're one throw away from the Super Bowl. Um, 2022 for the Packers was a disappointing season. Um, they didn't get the kind of buy-in from Rodgers post contract that they thought they were going to get. And if and if you believe the Bob McGinn reporting, there were people in that organization that were fed up, that were mad at how this had all played out. And they were 
ready to move on in maybe a way that they weren't with with Brett Favre. What is your what is your perspective on that from the outside? Like, how does that change the the, the dynamic of those conversations? You know, I think Aaron's hinted at this the past couple of years, and I take it, I take it, take his word for it that his play changed some outlooks um, when he became MVP, as he calls it, COVID MVP. Uh, it changed. So you've been saying this, by the way, to your credit, for two years that the plan was always to start Jordan Love sooner than later, and he probably would have started a year ago if not for the MVPs. Yeah, the thing that I found. And, you know, I don't know what the word is, a little bit unpacker like was that contract in 2022, because it 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 really I mean, if they wanted to move to Jordan and I think they did, I'm not sure why they did that contract. Uh, it just loads a ton of dead money. Now, again, they could get out. They did this year. And they they get out without a financial obligation continuing, but they have this huge cap obligation, which is going to hinder their present ability to field a competitive team and build around Jordan. You know, one thing I was always conscious of with Brett was I wasn't going to touch that contract a lot to build up a lot of dead money because I knew one day with Aaron, we'd have to have a lot of money spent in positions around him. Um, so that I found curious that contract. Now, again, you can rationalize the contract. It's got the option year this year to push it off to the Jets, but a huge dead money charge. Uh, the largest in league history at, you know, 40 plus million dollars. So I don't know. I, I think that the Packers wanted to move to love at some point. I'm not going to be held to year one, year two, year three, obviously not year one, but uh, <laughs> they didn't think he'd play like that. They didn't think Aaron would play like that. And he couldn't couldn't move on from Aaron Rodgers playing like that. And I think Aaron's kind of said that. Um, but the, the Jets have also, this, this is Albert Breer's reporting, that the Packers felt like he was not locked in, and the Jets feel like they're going to get a different version of Aaron Rodgers because he was not locked in last year. They think he's locked in now. Was was there ever a concern from from the team perspective that that would be the case with Brett Favre, or was he just like not really wired that way? I don't think he was. I mean, listen, um, he was obviously upset about the pick, but you know, I think Brett is just just played. He just played, and now and it's been legendary that he wasn't going to mentor Aaron and. I, I mean, it was frosty at the beginning a little bit with those guys, but I'm happy to say that over those three years, I think their relationship really improved. I really do. Uh, and that's what I saw. And I sort of talked about bus with that ongoing and Mike Sullivan, Aaron's agent. So I think that improved. But yeah, I think I don't think that was an issue with Brett. Um, but I think these decisions that people focus on the star, I think these decisions are more about the backup than the star in our case as i've said many times we felt aaron was ready and i think they felt the same thing about jordan love and you know aaron wasn't around last off season that gave jordan love the team for four months same thing happened with brett and aaron brett's in mississippi it was aaron's team we saw a lot saw a lot we liked now it's not games but we saw a lot we liked and I think that's the same exact, you know, this deja vu continues. All right. We're going to have more here with Andrew Brandt on Locked on Packers as we roll on.
Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. Every dayers, come check out the Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. We have a ton of great content. It's going to be daily very soon. Right now, it's three days a week, so it's not overwhelming you. It doesn't feel like a homework assignment. The Leap.Football is the Substack where you can go subscribe. And Monday's newsletters are always free. You can subscribe just for that free newsletter. Otherwise, we've got great deals. The yearly deal, it is a, a great, great price. Less than a cup of coffee. Certainly a latte. A nice, a nice drip coffee will cost you more than a month at the Leap if you get the yearly subscription. So uh, what are you waiting for? Let's go make it happen. All right, I'm, I'm going to end on that deja vu feeling because I, I recall, and I was trying to actually find the tweet before we before we uh, jumped on here, where seeing Jordan Love against the Eagles gave a lot of Packer fans, at least those of us old enough to remember 2007, a lot of them on Twitter that aren't, um, that, that sort of deja vu feeling like, here we go again. And I, I think Chris Collinsworth or Mike Tirico or both mentioned it on the broadcast that there were some similarities there. What was it like for you having been through that in the organization in 2007 and now as a fan getting to watch this understanding we don't know what Jordan Love is going to be but at least a very similar situation that is 15 years almost to the day from the Cowboys game yeah the deja vu is just uncanny this whole thing and I know I probably make more of it than anyone because I just the the experience is just exactly the same 15 years to the day I think was the draft pick where Aaron Rodgers was 24 and Jordan Love was at whatever pick he was, right around the same. And then, of course, like you said, the the moment where they could shine a little bit, the Cowboys game with Aaron and the Eagles game, both against NFC opponents, both against opponents with one loss, I believe, both opponents top of the conference. Um, it just is eerie. And just kind of, like I said, the same comments about players coming up to the office saying how good Jordan is, like we had with Aaron, the same confidence. And then just spinning it forward, Pete, I, I saw in the OTAs or one of the first minicamps, Jordan up there answering questions. And you know what I said to myself? I was like, that's Aaron. <laughs> that's Aaron. This wow. It's not too big for him. I mean, obviously, we haven't seen it on the field, but on the press conference it's like that he's got sort of that california cool he's not taking things too seriously he's answering questions kind of elegantly for these media i'm like wow this is this is part of it this is part of the ascension where he learned that from aaron or he's part of that is in him he's got a real sense of calm about him at least what i've seen so far and I'm not a scout. Listen, that, that I say that all the time. I don't know how good he is. We didn't know how good Aaron was. But um, you look at those things as well. And I get the sense that Jordan Love is, what's the word? He's got an a inner sense of motivation. I think the people that are most successful in life have this kind of an intrinsic sense of, I'm going to be the best I can be for me. For me, not for the media, not for a contracts or prestige or fame for me. And that's something we scouted at the Packers. And I think that Jordan's got that. 
This was so much fun. Thank you so much. I, we, we could do this all day. Um, yeah. So I, I appreciate the time. And uh, I, I uh, maybe in, in 15 years, we'll do this again with whoever they do this with next. And Jordan Love has had another Hall of Fame career. I doubt it. But we'll see. <laughs> Andrew, thanks. Yeah, when they trade Jordan to the Jets in 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pete, thank you very much. All right, thanks to Andrew Brandt for coming on the show. Always great to talk to him. He's got awesome, awesome insight. Uh, we have training camp. Have you heard of it? A lot more coming up here on Locked on Packers next week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live on YouTube, we're going to be live after preseason games, baby. Go check us out over on our YouTube page so you can stay locked